0: This morning, we're going to the book of Proverbs, chapter number 23, Proverbs, chapter number 23. We're so thankful for our online community. We had some technical difficulties on last week, but praise be to God, we are believing that today everything will go well. We bless you. We bless your life. We bless your families. Uh, We thank you for being a part of our uh, um, community here Uh, And we're just excited uh, about what the Lord is doing. This morning, we want to talk about um, from Proverbs chapter number 23. Very interesting message. And the title this morning that we're going to use is, what do you see? What do you see? What do you see? Follow me very closely. Follow the Lord very closely as as he speaks because he wants to speak to us and share some word with us father bless your word we thank you for it now cover me lord god in your your grace and your blood allow your anointings to um, rise up in me everything that you've given me lord god we we call it forth right now from the from the well that offspring within us in jesus name amen looking at verse number seven in proverbs chapter number twenty three uh, Proverbs num- uh, chapter 23, looking at verse number 7. It says, for as he thinketh, talking about a man, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. And Then the latter part says, eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his head is not with thee. Our emphasis this morning is on the the A clause of chapter uh, verse number 7 in chapter number 23, for as he thinketh in his heart, his heart when you when you look at this word as the lord gave it to me he's talking about when we think when we're using our minds when we whatever we think in our minds and that's what we we have within our hearts he said for as he thinketh in his heart the word thinketh that means his mind so when we talking about dealing with the mind we want to th- the mind has a memory And it also has an imagination. But the Lord says before we can get to the memory and the imagination, he said we need to go to perception. Because remember he says, for as a man thinketh. So whatever we think about ourselves, that is what's going to come forth. So uh, anything that's externally that, that comes forth, uh, it has first came from the thoughts of our minds. So let's go, and we're going to travel a little bit this morning because we just want to teach. We're going to kind of be, be very slow in teaching. Let's go to the book of Numbers because we want to deal with perception first. The Lord says go to perception because with a memory, a memory is just like those things where you're going to recall from. And and, and a memory is almost like a closet when it compares to the imagination. The imagination is more like the universe. You you can really imagine things. I mean, it's just like universal thinking thoughts uh, when it comes down to imagination. So looking at Numbers, chapter number 13 is where we want to go, dealing with perceptions. Numbers, chapter number 13. 13, yeah, Numbers chapter number 13, and we're going to read verse number 27. We have to understand that the children of Israel had not yet entered into the promised land, but God had told them what they needed to do. They were supposed to go view the promised land, that which God had promised after he brought them out of Egypt. Now, in verse number 27, in Numbers chapter number 13, it says, And they told him, because Moses had sent them out to to view the promised land. And he says, And they told him, and said, We came unto the land whither thou sinnest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. So they, 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 they find themselves in that place where God had instructed them to go. And, and they see all the wonderful things, the blessings of the Lord was right there. So God's word was true. But watch how they respond to God's word. Look at their perception. Now, verse number 28 says, nevertheless, I wonder how many of us say nevertheless, when God speaks to us and, and tells us uh, something and he, he reveals it and we don't accept him at face value. So they say, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak. Now, first thing they say, even though they saw what God said they were fine, they focus on the children of Anak. These were giants. These, these were giants. This is where they were. They, they, they come to the land, but they, they see that, that the people, in their mind, they're, they're, they're strong. That's one of the things that we as the body of Christ and as Christians has come to understand. The giant, before we can uh, 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 destroy a giant outside of us, on the exterior, we first have to destroy the giants that's on the inside of us. Because there are giants that's on the inside of us. See, see, sometimes that giant is called the spirit of fear. (laughs) And sometimes we get to a place where we don't trust God's word and we don't believe God. We look at the circumstance and we think those circumstances are more powerful and more greater than God. And and that's what they see. They see the giants is what they see. Now, uh, verse number 30, we'll drop down to verse number 30. And verse number 30 says, and Caleb. Caleb, now the word Caleb means unyielding, it means uncompromising, but it also means dog. Now, Caleb is one of the two uh, that's the, the elder, they, they, they're really, really old, but not as old as it will be when Caleb conquers the land that God has given him. So what Caleb says now, he says, and Caleb, verse number 30, and Caleb steal the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well what able to overcome it he had he had his mindset wasn't like the other 10 spies first thing he said even though he saw the same giants he says okay we're well able to overcome because he knew god was on his side he knew the the power of god and he trusted in god so He didn't see like the others saw. It's just like perception. Everybody does not see the same. Everybody's a battle. When they go into a battle, some people will succumb when they get into a battle. And there are some people that will step to the giants that's in their life, and they will overcome. And so Caleb says, we are well able, perception. He, He perceived that there was nothing that they saw. What about us? What do you see? When we see our giants, when we in our battles, what is our perception? Do we say we're well able to overcome this situation, or do we begin to look at the circumstances? What do we see? Amen. What, what, what do we see? What do we see? Especially when there's a situation a circumstance within our life, and it looks like it's going to never go away. But we have to continue to say we are well able to overcome. That's what Caleb, that's what Caleb said. I want you all to remember that because, and let me go to verse number 31. Uh, verse 31 says, but the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. Be careful who you keep company with. Be careful who you keep company with. Because if they can't see that you're a giant slayer, huh, you don't need to have them on your side. If they can't see that they are giant slayers, you don't need to have them on your side. You don't need them to go into to, to battle with you. Don't take no cowards in a battle with you. They'll turn tail and run on you every time. Amen. Because they will see the enemy and not God. So here he is now. They, they say, you know, saint Perception. Two, two different circumstances. There are ten people that say they're stronger than us. There are two people saying, because there was Caleb and Joshua, they're saying, okay, we're, we're well able to, to overthrow. We, we, we can handle this situation. We can deal with this situation. And then verse 32 says, and they brought up, watch those that don't believe. That's why I say you have to be careful who you carry with you, especially when you go into battle. Verse 32 says, And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. Is that not interesting? Because before, when they first came back with the message to Moses, they were saying there was this land was flowing with milk and honey. I mean, it was everything that God said it was, and the that was and the fruit was so so great and so vast. But yet they have changed that whole conversation now because now they say this land is what's going to eat us up, and, and it's sad to think that. When when it comes down to perception, we'll believe sometimes that some things will overpower us. When God has said, you know, if he be with us, he's more than all those others against us. Amen. Now, verse number 33 says, because we're dealing with perception, and he says in verse 33, and there the same ten people, that's why I say be careful who you keep company with, who you hang out with. And there we saw the giant the sons of Anak, which come, are the giants. And we were in, watch this perception, and we were in our own sight as what? Grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Now how did they know that they looked like grass, uh, grasshoppers in the enemy's sight? Their own mind, their own perception. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. So, therefore, they thought the enemy saw them as grasshoppers as well. You, you See, that, that's the wrong perception. We, because God lives on the inside of us, we have to see ourselves as God sees There is no circumstance or situation that's greater than our God. <laughs> There's nothing that we rise up against that is more powerful than our God. That's why oftentimes we give Satan too much credit. Because God can speak to him at any given time and say, go sit down. <laughs> uh, he can just, just just speak. Or he can just look. And Satan, uh, the, all those battles we have going on in our lives and circumstances, God can look. God can speak. And Satan will have to flee. But let me, sh- let me share something else with you. Now, when it got ready to distribute the land, let me show you when it comes down to perception, when they got ready to distribute the territory, uh, when they had crossed into the promised land, each tribe was given, given so much. All those that came, they were given so much land. Uh, but everyone that went to possess what land they were given, they could not drive out the, the inhabitants that was there. See, some of, some of the things that we have that, that belongs to us, the enemy still, the enemy still has control over He's still still using some things that belong to us. But when it came to Caleb, now you remember what Caleb said, we are what? Well able to overcome. He was the only one that was able to drive out everything that was on the land that he was to possess. And the very land that he was supposed to possess was the land of the Anak, which was the land of the giants. You find that in Judges chapter 1, verse number 20. He was the only one. He drove out those giants. Why? Because at the very beginning, he believed. If you don't believe you can kill your giant, that no giant will forever be in your life. Can I get an amen on that? If you do not believe it, that you, through the power of God, can kill out the giant in your life, whatever that giant may be. See, we look at giants to be people. No, giants are not people. Giants are those things that keep us from living a a holy and a prosperous life through Christ Jesus. We all got some giants. There's some times when I I begin to operate in fear. That's a giant in my life. But then I have to begin to think, oh, no, Satan, you're a lie. God didn't give me the spirit of fear, but he gave me the one of power, love, and a sound mind. See, fear comes from Satan. God gave us, he did not give us a spirit of fear. So everything that comes up in our life that we're afraid of even could come down to poverty. Listen, I just believe poverty is playing. You know why I believe poverty is planned? Because man tells you how much you can make. They make a determination how much you can make. Someone, someone said to me this week, they said to me last week, they said, oh, are you interested in uh, making a little extra money? I thought about. it. I said sure. So let me see what this is all about. Well, when the person called me, the lady called me, and she was telling me about what the what it was. And I said, well, I'm, I'm like this. I ask questions. I ask questions. I don't sell myself short because God don't sell me short. Amen. So they, when I came around, I said, what do you have to do? And they told me. Then the next thing I said, uh, well, what what is the pay? When they told me $9 an hour, I said, excuse me. I said, when I retired, I was making $28 an hour, so I know I'm not going to nine. (laughs) Amen. I I mean, I'm sitting at home on good pension. I'm not going to spend all these hours for $9. No, no. So in my mind, my perception was not I'm desperate and I need an extra income. I know my father's going to provide. Amen. And I don't have to say on myself, sure, what about y'all? Amen. So so man makes a determination what you, how much you can draw. It's mean, set up that way. It, it, it just literally blows my mind. Okay, let me stay on the path. What do you see? What do you see? Now, the next thing we want to look at is we want to deal with the memory. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter number 17. 1 Samuel chapter number 17. Yeah, First Samuel chapter number seventeen. I don't want to lose nothing here. Yeah, First Samuel chapter number seventeen. Now, when we come down to what do we see, and we come down to the memory. Now, one of the things that we have to do is we we have to go down into our 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 arsenal of of memory in order to defeat the enemy. Okay. Now, in First Samuel chapter number 17, beginning looking at verse number 32, verse number 32. Now, the, the, the story is David, David has to go up against a giant. Now, he's been sent down. He's, he's a very young lad. He has been sent down to see how, about his brother and see about the battle. Now, when he gets there, everybody's afraid because of the giant. Everybody's afraid because of the giant. Now, when it comes down to, to uh, who's going to represent uh, the people of Israel, David didn't have a problem willing to, to stand uh, against the giant. But everybody else, including the king, was afraid. Now, in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 17, verse number 32, after he sees and he scopes out the situation, verse 32 says, And David said to Saul, now Saul is the king, he says, Let no man's heart Because of him, meaning Goliath, which is the giant, thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. There was no reservation whatsoever when he got ready to go up against the giant, him being a lad. And here is Goliath, I mean, over nine feet tall, huge. He, he, he's he's a, a mighty man of war. Yeah, he's one of those giants. Now, verse 33 says, And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. That's his perception. Be careful of other people's perceptions of you. People may tell you what you cannot do. But you got to have a perception of what God says. Amen. So first thing the king says to him, he said, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. Can can you see the giant in your life? Can you see this giant? Can you see the giant in your own life? What do you see? And and when somebody else is telling you 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 cannot defeat that giant that you're going up against within your own life, then you have to say, no, the devil is a lie. Okay? This is what we have to say. Then verse uh, 34 says, And David said unto Saul, watch this. Now, this is when you got to reach back into your arsenal and your memory to pull out things that God has done in your life in the past. Now, most people like to stay in the, the closet of their memory, and most people pull up negative stuff all the time. There's always a negativity or what I can't do uh, or what this person done to me. We never focus on the victories that we have. Whenever we come up against any giant within our life, we have to focus on the victories that God has given us. Watch what David says. David says in verse 34, 1 Samuel 17. And David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. Now, verse number 35. He says, And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by the beard and smote and slew him. See, he went back in in that memory bank. And he remembered the victories that God has given him. So whenever we're facing situations in our life, we get to go back into the memory bank. And we get to pull out those victories that God has done in our life. Anybody know you got some victories that God has done in your life? That's what you reach back and get. You don't reach back and get that negative stuff. I can't do it. No. It's just too much. I can't. No. No. You got to reach back and get some victories. He said, listen. He said, Saul, let me tell you something. See, this is how you get to speak to the devil because, see, at that time, Saul can be s- symbolic of representing the Satan. Because, see, Satan will speak to us and tell us what we can and cannot do. And then what we have to do is go back into the arsenal and remember the mighty victories that we've had in the battle. He told them, he said, now listen, that, that bear and his sheep, he said, I, I, I killed him. And then verse 35 says, and I went out after him. That's when he's talking about a bear. And he said, a bear had took one of the lambs. Maybe that's some things we need to do with House of Destiny because we got so too many things that's ripping and taking people out. Amen. You know, you know whether it be jobs or, or whether it be self. Amen. You know, a lot of things take people out. Amen. Amen. So so now he says, and, and I went out after him, and I smote him, and I delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. And then 36 says, thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised philistine shall be as one of them seeing he has defiled the armies of the living god you see how you pull that out of your memory see he could see that giant and he saw he saw that giant just the same way he saw him killing the lion and the bear see it did not matter how big it was all he knew is that his god was much bigger Amen. And there's nothing that can come up against God that can take God down. I don't know why, why people think that. Amen. But he said, listen, He's this Goliath, you know, this Goliath, perception, this Goliath, I'm going to take him down too. See, this is the mindset that every Christian should have. Amen. Y'all looking at me like, whoa, I don't know about that. Well, that's one of them giants. You know, that, that that's a giant of, of, of doubt, you know, believing that you can't. When God said we can, amen. Yeah, you see, so you got to get rid of that giant because that giant of, of, of doubt, self-doubt. I, I remember. Yeah, I go again. I remember. I, I think some of you heard the story. I remember before when uh, I applied for a job that I, I used to I retired from, and I did not have the education that was required on the job. I didn't have the education, but the one that did have the education. Uh, he was oh, he knew all about computers and all. I mean, he was good at it. And so when I put my application in, it was like, well, why are you doing that? You're not going to get that job. Well, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> if it's for me, God says it's, it's going to be mine. So I put my application in. And so when I go, af- after the time was up, uh, I go to the secretary's office, and I said to her, I said, uh, how many applications did you get? She said, uh, we only got yours. I said, What? We only got one application. You got to have at least three in order for them to do the bidding process or go before the review board. I said, okay. So then my boss, bless him, bless him, I love him even to this day, even to this day, he, say, he says to me, well, we're going to have to repost this job because there are not enough applicants. It's okay. Because see, the very one that he wanted, they blocked. From him getting the job because he had the job he had been, uh, was, had gotten. He'd been there for one year, but he had never really been there. He was everywhere else. So he really did not know how to run the operation. Well, the next thing I knew, they reposted and what did Brenda do? Brenda applied for the job again. I did not let that spirit of doubt. Amen. I didn't let that giant tell me, no, you, you can't, you can't do that. So I applied for that job again. And my boss, I love him to this day. I love him. I love him. Praying for him much. He always sometimes called, and asked for prayer, even for to this day. In fact, I used to go to his office and pray with him. You know, he was going through some difficult times, and he would send for me to come, and we closed close the door, and we had have prayer. You know, God is a good God. Amen. And, and so what happened was he did not tell me I had the job. I, I got the information out of Columbia. Somebody was congratulating me on getting the job. I said, oh, Really? And they said, Yeah, your boss didn't tell you. I said, No, he didn't he didn't tell me. And so when my boss when he first told me they had to reposition reposted, I said to him, I said, You know what? If that job is for me, all the devils in hell cannot take it from me. And that's how I believe I ended up getting a position. And when we had a meeting that day at the very end of the meeting, that's when he uh, disclosed to the people that I had gotten a position. So you can't, you can't doubt, you can't give up because man says something. You can't do that. You can't do that. So now getting back to the scriptures, thank you, Holy Spirit. Now he takes down that giant. Okay. Now, one other thing they wanted to do was they wanted to put on Saul's um, uh, arsenal, his armor on David. You cannot, you cannot wear what you have not tested. If you don't know the power of God through prayer or through meditation, whatever it is you've tested God for, you do not let another man put their armor on you because you ain't tested it. So you got to understand you got to pull out victories from your memory, okay? Remember we got you got you got your memory, you got perceptions, and then you got the imagination. What do you see when your giant comes up against you? What do you see? What do I see when those giants come up against us? Remember the mem the memory is just like a little closet. But the imagination is like the universe. Have you ever imagined anything? I mean, it's, it's like the, the universe is vast. The, the, the universe is, is so huge. See, that is how our imagination is. We can travel with our imagination. Mm-hmm. We, we, we can see beyond what we see right here. Amen. So now, next thing we want to deal with is the imagination. We want to deal with imagination. Let's go to the book of St. Mark. We're almost done. Thank you, Holy Spirit. St. Mark chapter number five, dealing, here we are, we're going to deal with imagination. We're we'll going to deal with your imagination. How many of us use our imagination? Amen. Go some places you've never been and some things you accomplish accomplished that you never thought you would, and we'll share a story on that when we finish. Amen. All right, now we're looking at St. Mark chapter number five and beginning at verse number 25. Here comes the imagination. Imagination. Now, verse number 25 talks about, it says, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better. But rather grew worse. A lot of times when, when sickness comes and we've had it such a long time, we will settle into that. This morning I was praying about my, my, my uh, blood sugar because it seems to keep going up and I I'm, I'm battling and no matter what I eat, things is not it's not it's not working. And I said and I began to pray And so God says, When you pray about everybody else, you need to learn to pray about your own. Amen. Sometimes we forget about praying about our own selves. Amen. So I started praying. I said, say you are alive. You know, I, I know what it what it was, what it has been, and I refuse to receive what you're giving me now. Amen. I said, I, I refuse. So, so even though she has a condition, she's been this way for twelve long years. Have you ever been in a situation for such a long time? You th- you think I will never ever recover from this? had a sickness or whatever situation it may be you know you're like okay i i will never come up out of this i won't come up out of this but here it is now she's saying that the bible says she has an, an issue she was not even supposed to be among people because whenever you have an issue of blood you know and back in the book of leviticus it talks about you're not supposed to be around people when you're know, especially females you're not supposed to be around people that that was back then uh, in the book of leviticus and the Bible says that she grew worse. Rather than getting better, then the Bible says she grew worse. You know, uh, physicians will take your money, right? Y'all do know that, right? They, they, they will take your money, amen. And even though you're not getting any better, they, they will keep on taking, taking your money. They'll, they'll keep on. And they'll keep experimenting with us, amen, because they want that dollar. That, that's what that's all about, Amen. And, you know what i don't understand is back in, the, in, in, in i'm prob- i'm probably no, ma- maybe not i'm closer in, in that that bracket of, of of eldership of of age wherein back in the day when we didn't have all this medicine and stuff you know there was always these these home remedies you know what i'm saying and we seem to always come through, amen, and all these illnesses that we, we, we're having now that we got to spend all this money on. It's something about those illnesses. Some stuff did not taste good at all, but it worked, amen. But we, but we were healed, amen. We, we, we came up out of that situation. But now we would spend money after money after money, and oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. By the way, let me while I'm speaking on that, in case I forget, th- this week I will hear, and we was having problems with, with the heating system. And they had already sent someone a couple of weeks ago, and we still had the same problem. So then they sent another gentleman, and he's much older. He had been in the, in the business for 43 years. And he told me, he says, now, when they can't get it fixed, he said, they send me out. He said, them other guys, they've been here five years, seven years. He said, but, but they send me out. Well, of course, he, he, he was able to fix what was wrong. He, he, even, he was at a point of even exposing those that worked on him. First thing he said to me, I'm going to tell you what your problem is. They, they took a shortcut, and that shortcut didn't work. And because it didn't work, that's why you keep having this problem. But, but when, uh, to, to make a long story short, at the end of the day, when he leaves, I couldn't understand why he was still hanging around. So he, he wanted to talk. He wanted to, he wanted to share some things. He wanted to tell some things to me. And I'm listening. I said, okay. And he began to talk about his mother. And he said, 11 years ago, he said, my mother had uh, 29 tumors. 11 years ago, she had 29 tumors. Then he said she went through two rounds of chemo. After she goes through two rounds of chemo, he said, then she did the, the stem cell. He said there were five people that did it, and she was the only one that was left alive that did the stem cell. And he says, now, it was a miracle because when the doctor came back, he said to them, he said, he said we really expected to hear uh, some bad news. He said, but the doctors looked at us and said, I can't understand this. The only thing I know, it has to be a miracle because all 29 tumors are gone. And at that time, I mean, I felt it just like I'm feeling now, the power of God. I mean, all the tumors. So that lets me know there is nothing too hard for God. And he said, this is what he said. And I've been, I heard something that, 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 that uh, uh, Deacon uh, Norris said this morning. He said, we have a pr- powerful uh, 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 prayer warrior team. And, and I thought about that because he says this. He said, it took a whole lot of prayer. He said, I don't know what happened with those other people. He said, but I do know a lot of prayer went up for my mom. And he said, 11 years ago, God performed a miracle in her life. And I said, well, is she living today? He said, oh, yes. He said, she's 79 years old, living good, been married for 60 years. And then he says, I love my family. I mean, to see a miracle like that. I mean, knowing the power of prayer, that's why it's so important that we need to learn how to pray, how to, to bombard heaven. And I don't want to go back to that. Amen. I, I, I had a meeting th- Thursday, supp- supposedly had a lunching Thursday, and uh, the lady, I really did not want to go. I'm going to be honest. I did not want to go. I did not want to go. And 10 minutes before she gets here, she gets sick. And when she shows up, she's just pouring sweat. And I say, I, you don't look well. And then she says, she says I don't feel well. I said, well, I think you just need to go home. I mean, remember, I'm praying because I really didn't want to go. I'm being honest. I just did not want to go. I, it was cold, and I did not want to go. I wanted to go back home. But lo and behold, she says, okay. I said, well, we, can, we can cancel it. She said, okay. So I called the other person we were supposed to go out with, and lo and behold, we canceled it. I went back home, and I, thought, I said, Lord, I didn't mean for her to get sick, but I still did not want to go and, and, and do this. I mean, the luncheon was fine. It was going to be paid for. It was okay, but I, I did not want that. So, so understanding that, that when we pray, God moves. Heaven hears when we pray. Heaven hears. See, sometimes we don't even believe in our prayer. Thank and praise God. We pray for Sister Darius, Thank you, Holy Spirit. We pray for Sister Darius on, on Sunday. Now, and I talked to her this week. I mean, those things that we prayed against, she doesn't hear those voices anymore. Praise. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. He is a powerful, powerful God. He's, he's a powerful guy. Now, going back to the imagination, so you have to believe, you got to believe, you have to believe what you see. I know y'all, feel, see, I'm, I'm kind of excited, right? I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of excited today. Now, looking at verse number 27, Mark chapter 5, verse 27, we're almost done. It says, And when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. Hmm. For she said, she used her imagination, for she said, if I may touch but his cloak, I shall behold. You have to see it before it actually happens. She believed, she even put herself at risk knowing that she was not supposed to be among the crowd. But she knew if she could just touch the hem of a garment of God, uh, that she would be made whole. The Bible says in verse 29, it says, And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that place. When God does something in your life, you'll know it. You'll feel it. She felt it in her body, in her imagination. See, we've got, we got to reach back, get those victories there, get those victories that God has done in our life. We have to remove that perception that we look like grasshoppers. Or we may be like the other, the other gentleman, the King uh, David's son, uh, that was saying he felt like he was like a dead dog. We have to move those uh, ideologies out of our mind because that's not how God sees us. If we can see how God sees us, boy, we would be a mighty army for the Lord. Amen? The church would be a mighty army for the Lord because she knew if, if, if I can touch I mean, one translation says she was down on her knees. She had to be. If she's going to touch the hem, that's the lowest part. That means we got to get to our lowest part, part before we can even touch the hem of God. Because, see, when we get, it's, it happens all the time. When we're at our lowest, that's when we humble ourselves down. She got to the lowest. I mean, she, I don't know how many people stepped on her. But she kept on going, and she did not stop until she touched the heel of her garment. She knew she was going to be healed. She knew it. She knew it in her mind. What do we see when we ask God, when we petition? What do we see when we ask God for things? What do we see? I tell you, God is an awesome God. He's an awesome God. He is an awesome guy. One last true story. True story. True story. I guess I was around 50 years old. Close in that, that part. I've always had this dream. I want to be a missionary and go abroad to go overseas. Had always had it. I never forget the church that I attended that the people used to laugh at me. They you ain't going nowhere. You broke. <laughs> you broke. Whoever thought, you know, somebody like you going to be able to travel around the world. They laughed at me. They laughed at me. I remember my daughter was in high school, and I said, Lord, I cannot leave the country, and my daughter is in high school. And at that point in time, I was a single parent. I was a single parent. But I kept believing. See, you got to imagine where you're going. See, if you don't imagine where you're going, you'll never get there. You'll never get there if you don't imagine where you're going. And I remember this lady walked up to me, and she asked me, she said, would you like to go with me on a mission trip? Here I am, 50 years old. Now, you know, you don't think somebody 50 years old trying to go around the world. You know what I'm saying? And when when I looked at her, and I said, I'm not able to do that because my daughter is still in high school and I can't leave her. Well-